I loved to work when I was a kid. And I was always begging people to let me do something for them so I could make some money. We were, you know, on welfare, and I hated that. And um, I wouldn't even eat with our little lunch card if there was anybody around that would see me eating a free <laughs> lunch. I was like, nope, not hungry. Um, so I had uh, worked. It was Fulmer's Drugstore, and <laughs> I laughed because Jessica said, well, what did you do there? I said, I was a soda jerk. I made, you know, sodas and banana splits and a couple of grilled cheese sandwiches and hamburgers. So that was it. Amazing. Yeah. You know, Fulmer's, like, the there. I see photos everywhere yep. around Melbourne, like in all kinds of restaurants and everything. Just right out here on the corner, that like picture of the corner of the building yeah. with the Fulmer sign. It's become like an icon of yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. historic Melbourne. You yeah, know? it really was. And right over there, somewhere there was an old uh, the, what was left of a train station. They had a huh. a caboose or a train oh, well. of some sort sitting right across the street. I don't really, really remember where it was, but. Yeah, it was, uh, this town was fascinating. When you drove into the city limits, you know, a mile is what, 5,280 feet? Mm -hmm. The population of Melbourne was like 5,240 or something like that. <laughs> oh that was gosh. a whole population. <laughs> and I think it wow. even took in part of O'Galley area. I don't know where the boundaries were, but yeah, it was, uh, I've watched it grow. I love this town, so. That's awesome. Uh, well, I mean, clearly you've been a part of its growth as well. Yeah. I mean, exactly. That's, that, that's awesome. So this was a this was a, a drugstore at the time. I know it's, it was wasn't that one time a. This is I think prior to it being a drugstore. I, I remember this. I think this was a little restaurant called the Copper Kettle. Um, like like. That was before my time. Before your time, definitely it, before your time. Fifty. If it, the fifties is we got yeah. here in fifty one. Yeah. So, beyond before that, I don't really. No, too much. And then about. there was a movie theater and then mm -hmm. other little stores and shops. Yeah, and stuff there like was that. a couple of other little things there, but mainly there was the Van Croy Theater and uh, the um, Donut Place. And uh, I think there was an insurance place over there somewhere. Yeah, you need to describe this Donut Place again because the <laughs> mic was off. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> you really you do. do. Yeah, so I just so. want to hear it again. So well, I can't go eat them, so I just want to imagine. I know. It. Well, right. it was, it was, they were so delicious. And, uh, you know, you could get um, a little carton of milk for a nickel, and you could get six Krispy Kreme donuts, and they would come right out of the, they were in the grease, you know, cooking, grease. and then they would come out on the wire rack and be thrown into the um, the sugar, the icing, and then the other little thing would scoop them up and lay them on a uh, wire to drain, and they would get you fill them hot right and, there. And you're watching that happen. Oh yeah, you're oh, just you're God. looking at it. It was like, oh my gosh, marketing. <laughs> yeah, marketing. That's great. I <laughs> you, love it. You had to buy it for sure. <laughs> so I love it. It's good. Fantastic. Welcome to the Legacy Angel Network Venture Lounge, where nothing ventured is nothing changed. For Matt Holmenthaler, press one. For member services, press 2. For real raw startup stories, press 3. For all other questions or concerns, please wait on the line in our next... Good evening, everyone. I'm Matt Helmenthaler, and you're listening to Venture Lounge, after-hour conversations with founders and investors. These are the stories, insights, and conversations that you aren't going to find on the company website. Because the real lessons you learn in the startup world, the risk you take as an entrepreneur, the highs and the lows... The moments in your journey when no one else believes in you right before you break through. Those are the moments 
that you just have to hear for yourself. So grab a drink and listen in to the men and women who are changing the world. Welcome to the Venture Lounge. Welcome, Darlene, and welcome back to Venture Lounge, everybody. <laughs> nothing veggie, nothing changed. My name is uh, Connor Sherman, creative director here at Legacy Angel Network, and we're joined today, as always, by our fearless founder, Matt Helmetsholler. Matt, what's up? Hello, hello. You got the going? slides on today. Usually you got laces or something. This yeah, is a new you know, direction for Matt. I just, I just Matt. thought, you know, I'm just going to go for it. You know, it's uh, <laughs> feeling a little froggy this morning. Yeah, go on the slides. Just uh, let the feet breathe, bro, with the bare feet. <laughs> breathe. Yep. Yep, old school. Like Toms today. Yeah, yeah. Did, 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 did you ever get into the Toms phase? You know, it's like it's hard to... Well, we had, yeah, early early on, 14, size 14 and Toms were a little bit difficult. I remember you know, when yeah. Toms... Yeah, th- uh, these are 14s. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Toms... Toms actually does a lot in 14s nowadays. I just want you to know. Mm. But, um, yeah, and they're more comfortable than they were when they first came out. But I remember when Toms first came out, they would just do these little, these little things at coffee shops around the country. Yeah, and just talk about hey, you buy a pair of shoes, we donate a pair of shoes, and then all of the kids in skinny jeans were all were all about hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> it was it's true. Am I am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I have some black glitter toms. Yeah, there you go. And so I have no doubt that whatever you had, they were glittery. No doubt. Yeah. So I'm I'm the proud proud owner of three pairs of toms. I don't know if they donate. The, shoes anymore but uh, I still wear them I like them yeah they were really trendy for a long time thank you I gave you a little bit more background there than you were probably probably pushing for Matt who's our guest today yeah yeah. so let me let me introduce our our, Matt we got some shoes going on so that's good it's uh, shoes everybody Um, uh, Miss Darlene McGee did I pronounce that correct yes awesome so um, so Jessica uh, our our um, fearless Something. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, she's she's like she <laughs> Jessica Jessica is like the energizer bunny. Um, <laughs> Never changes. Meets a dictator. Um, uh, but it's also, you know, kind of like kind and squeaky and everything else. But she she does so many different things around here and uh, she's an amazing uh, part of our team. But um, so Jessica worked with Darlene years ago. And um, there's a, a little story about a brush I want to hear about later, um, but uh, I'm gonna. I I'm not telling this. that story. I want to read this verbatim because oh, it's really? really no. I want to read it verbatim, Darlene. It's okay. it's my show, and you can't stop me. Oh, uh, dang. No control here. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm in a very uncomfortable position, being a control freak. That's, so that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to to to, to get you off your game oh, a little bit. All right. Okay. So uh, Darlene's love affair with hair began in 19. 1966, while working as a receptionist in a hair salon, she opened her first silhouette hair uh, design in January of 1973. It's awesome. You weren't even a thought. Y- y- y'all weren't <laughs> even born, I. probably. I was Most born of in 78. Oh, you were? Yeah, I know, right? I look older, though, right? Uh, <laughs> now celebrating its 50th anniversary. Let's give it up. 50th anniversary. Uh, she has inspired, motivated, mentored, and educated over 500 cosmetologists. Many are salon owners and employees in the area today. That is what we call economic development. Mm. I love it. <laughs> Expanding to six salons and a beauty school, a big part of Darlene's uh, mentoring was inspiring others to love community service by involving her staff and other salons in community charity and chamber events. 
Love that, Miss Darlene. Darlene, 84, 84 years young. Look at yeah, you, girl. Yeah, I know. Good Lord. Uh, spend six How'd days. How'd this happen? <laughs> six days a week. Uh, yeah. At, at, Monday at, through Saturday, I go to work. <laughs> as Silhouette and still attends hair, hair shows and educational classes, uh, she's had a very rewarding and wonderful career helping others achieve their dreams. Some favorite professional awards and achievements are licensed cosmetologist for 58 years, licensed mm. cosmetology instructor for 22 years, Florida Co Cosmetologist of the Year, Florida Hair Fashion Committee Judge, 16 years, published author, Melbourne Chamber, Woman of Excellence, Top 200 Salon in America Award, wow. seven years. 2023 Women Who Rock Female Business Owner of the Year. What? Yeah. 50th <laughs> anniversary celebration. <laughs> In 2023, <clears throat> personally, I, I don't know how, how you have time for anything personal. <laughs> I do. I manage. I can take it off whenever I want. That's a good that's thing. That's a great thing about being the boss. <laughs> it is. Right? It really is. You can just you can pick up and go to red dress around in Louisiana yep. anytime you want. <laughs> All right. Personally, Darlene loves to travel and spends most of her free time, in her words, with her greatest achievement and most dear to her heart, her family, three children. Charlie, Debbie, Ricky, seven grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. They have been her biggest supporters through thick and thin. Everyone, <laughs> Darlene McGee. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing, Darlene. That just is a little brief synopsis here. <laughs> well, no, that That's my story. I mean, no, you know. That, yeah. that sets the stage. And I, I mean, I mean, you, we were, that's, that's, that's 50 years on a, a, a beautiful summary on a, See, I would have to put something like this together. I would have had to use Chat G GPT. Uh, I, yeah, that's not even a joke. That's Matt. not a joke. That's not a joke. Hey Matt, write a bio that you said. I don't. Know. No, Darlene. Well, this is interesting. Have you heard the term burnout? Like that you just do something, you do something for so long that uh, it just wears on you. You don't seem to have that problem at all. Like. You no. came in energetic, excited, talking no. about hair. <laughs> uh, you got the purple highlights. You're just killing it. Like, what, like where's the staying power come from? What's, I, I, well, I think, you know, uh, I was reading uh, Jessica's little synopsis about what I should talk about and all that. And it was, it was everything in the world that you could possibly uh, think of. But, you know, it, it said, you know, what... Uh, what qualities do you need to be in business or what's the most important thing? And I, to me, the most, most important thing is find something you, lo you love to do and do it better than anyone else around you. Mm. And, you know, the rest is history. I yeah. mean, it, the money will come. Everybody says, well, I want a job that makes a lot of money. Well, find something you love, do it really well, and the money will come. Mm. And, uh, you know, it depends. I mean, you're not going to make millions doing hair, but it's very gratifying it's sent me around the world 20 or 30 times in many yeah. countries many studying hair you know so and you've made um, a like a really vivid life out of it obviously i mean that's yeah. so cool. oh absolutely so. it's uh, it has served me very very well uh it's uh it's been good to me i've been good to it had a lot of rewards like jessica you know and everybody says they always ask me um I love this young lady because she was in the Navy, and I'm not going to talk about Jessica, but you know, it's that that's that's where my heart is. Just seeing young people come in, they're in beauty school, they have high hopes and dreams, and 
uh, I, you know, try to share qualities with them that will help them to be successful, whether they stay in here or they don't, because it's not meant for everybody for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And like in my day, you got one job, you kept it for life. That's not the way. I think the average young person today may have like six, seven jobs mm -hmm. that they work quite a while at. So, um, but her success is my success. You know, because I know that I put some stuff into her that, that would help her. Not mm -hmm. that she didn't have it all herself, but none of us have it all. We need, you know, I think we need influence. We need, yeah. we need support. We need people that are, will cover our back, you know, that can kind of help you. And maybe a hairbrush on the bottom end <laughs> might have helped. <laughs> I know, the rumor is, Darlene, you've been known to throw a hairbrush if you need to, you know. I, I did not throw it. No, I oh, just, just swatted her a little bit. <laughs> Mine have swatted their hands a couple of times. We're not trying to train them something. And, you know, I'm saying, you know, this is the way we do it. And they're going... Like there, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny when we went to that, we like the last time we went to the the last chamber of commerce retreat, um, or what is the is it chamber it's our of leadership retreat? Right, the, because we're leaders. The thing we yeah, went absolutely. to in, in uh, <laughs> Jupiter, uh, Scott and I and Beck went to like a little diner in the morning <laughs> to eat breakfast. And the lady waiting us was just for whatever reason, she's like, I'm going to guess your occupation. And she looked at Jess and she was like, cosmetologist. Like, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know because of it was like. I've never heard this story. That's funny. <laughs> it was weird. It was like we were like cracking up about that. I used to be. <laughs> but yeah. I think it was just because it was like 7 a.m. and Beck's hair is like on all point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was wearing all black. Oh, well, that tells the story. That is the story. Yeah. What do we wear? This is our dress code, people. You come in black, you know. And having to be a flexible boss, which that is not in my nature, um, you know, okay, well, we'll wear black, white, and gray. Okay? Does that satisfy you getting a little creative? Okay, we'll use black, white, and gray, and you can add a little purple to it. You know? Pretty soon we're going to look like a circus in there. <laughs> Just come in and go to the merry-go-round. No. Awesome. Um, what, Darlene, yeah. what were your first entrepreneurial steps into your career? Well, it, it's really kind of interesting. I got married very young. I don't even want to say the age. Uh, I got married very young, and... Um, at 16, I will say it. Uh, crazy, just four of us sitting around saying, what are we going to do next week? Why don't we go to Georgia and get married? Okay, that sounds like a really great idea. <laughs> oh, my God, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> but I do have three fabulous children as a result of it, so oh. it's no, no regrets there. But it happened to be with a very uh, jealous, possessive husband that didn't want me to work. He liked me to be home. So I fought tooth and nail. I was involved in, you know, chairman of everything at the kids' school, president of this, cheerleader, coach, um, baseball, whatever, to keep busy doing something. You know, I, I don't know, it's just my nature. I need to be involved. They, they call it FOMO today. If you're missing out, you know. So I have that disease really bad. You, you know? were way before you were diagnosed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they didn't even, uh, you know, it was like if something was happening, I, I guess, well, I got to be there. You know, I just must, I got to be involved. What can I do? You know, so 
So anyway, to make a long story short, I handled the bills, and we came to Melbourne, in, back to Melbourne in 61. We had gone to Michigan and uh, to get rich. It <laughs> didn't happen. We came back to Melbourne. He was on the Melbourne Police Department. His big salary for the year of 1961 was 3800 and some odd dollars a year. Wow. So, you know, we were penny pinching and he used to say I could do more with a dollar than any human he ever saw. <laughs> you know, I can feed 14 people if you come over to my house and I have two dollars. That's no problem. But um, anyway, so, you know, we, I was always pinching and scrimping and this and that and we had just got our car paid off and he got car fever. Uh, and I never stood up to him. He didn't want me to work. I said, okay, I'll raise the kids. That was a more important job anyway. But um, he's like, you're never going to work. I want to go to work. You just want to go to work so you can fool around or, oh my God, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I just want to go to work because I don't like being broke, you know, so. Mm. Anyway, I went to get a job at Radiation and they hired me and was sitting next to a girl that said, I've told her my story. You know, my husband's never going to let me keep you. I can't even imagine him allowing me to go to work from three to nine with 5,000 men every night. Uh, not happening, but I have to prove a point here, you know. So anyway, she says to me, you'd probably like this job I had. It's only a few, I, it wasn't enough hours for me. I said, I just need a few hours just to, you know, get a few dollars. All I want to do is make $100 a week. Mm. And um, at minimum wage was was 50. 50, 50, 50 cents? No, wait a minute. No, it was a dollar and ten. It was a dollar wow. ten. So I was calculating, you know, how I might. And I went to work. I said, good, where did you work? And she said, a hair salon. I said, really? What did you do? She said, shampoo hair and answer the phone. I said, well, shoot, I could do that, you know. And the rest is history. The girls started saying, oh, my gosh, you should go to beauty school. You are so good. You have a natural knack for hair. You know, go to school. And, of course, my husband was fighting me tooth and nail. And um, he actually caught the beauty school open one night. At, he was running his rounds at midnight or something, and it was open. And the owner lived in Titusville. And she comes down, and he said, my wife's been talking about going to beauty school. <laughs> so she says, oh, my gosh. Well, I'll let her have it for half price. I still have my receipt, 200 bucks. Amazing. <laughs> it was 400 but she gave me half price, so it was 200 bucks to go to beauty school. And uh, I don't know. So, something magical happened when I touched hair. Me and the hair both just came alive, and I've had that kind of uh, feeling about it ever since, and still do. I mean, I can't hardly, you know, stand up for hours and do hair anymore. And when, when the girls are getting ready to do something exciting, I mean, I got to just be there. I want my hands in it so bad, but, you know. <laughs> so I'm over there interfering with their work and trying to teach them something. And um, so that's how it happened. So it, um, the good and the bad, it said, you know, somewhere in there it was some of the qualities that you should have. And I found this list and one of the top ones on there, I, I did, I, it wasn't mine, I my top thing is you got to love what you do because if you go every day to something you've got to be able to love it and yeah. be happy and be excited about being there and you know treat your last customer of the day the same as you would your first customer you know you just have mm. to be ready but anyway it's set on this list humility well to make a long story short uh, I got you know I discovered I could really do something I didn't have to be dependent on a man you know so and, and he'd been telling me that for 25 years. I couldn't survive without him, but, 
you know, I found out I could. Mm, and um, uh, so anyway, it was like, oh my gosh, I was just discovering myself. You know, my kids were all getting big. My youngest one was getting ready to go to college. And um, I, I said, this is, this is just, this is all about me. So I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And I started, I opened a big salon. I opened a one little tiny shanty of a salon in 73. Downtown Melbourne, actually, you know, the fork in the road in mm -hmm. Melbourne. Oh, wow. And there's a little building that has two, I think there is a hair salon in there right now, but right past, the, there was a little tiny 7-Eleven and there was a little two building store. And, um, so anyway, that's where I started, and then I, my dream was to bring to Melbourne the best of hair, you know, because I, I got so sick of hearing people say, oh, I've got to go to Miami to get my foils. I have to go fly up to New York when I'm in New York visiting my family. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Mm. Melbourne should have the best of everything, you know? And um, so I started, I got obsessed with studying hair, and I was spending every penny I could get my hand on, you know, flying somewhere to New York, London, Paris, wherever I could go um, to, to get educated and to be able to stay ahead of the game, you know, and uh, if, if a client mentions something, oh, I hear in New York, they're doing, uh, you know, da-da-da, and I said, oh, we do that, sure, what do you need, you know, and... Uh, Fortunately, you know, the story goes, I mean, my reputation started to spread and everybody wanted to come and work for me. So I thought it was me they wanted to come and work for. It wasn't. They just wanted a job. But, you know, I was not <laughs> taking it that way. It was all about me. And all these shopping centers that were being built, they all sent me notices. Oh, Silhouette would be a perfect fit for our um, conglomerate of people, you know. So I was opening salons all over the place. I, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And uh, I, there was no humility left at that particular time. <laughs> and I'm very into my God and I've always been close to him. I've talked to him since I was like five years old. And um, I like, you can sit over there. I'm, I'm kind of busy right now, you know. So next thing I know, I was, he doesn't like, he's very jealous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you do not want to ignore him if you want to have a lot of peace in your system. Right, right. So the next thing I knew, I was like $400,000 in debt. I'd opened a beauty school and three salons in a year. You just do not do that. You open one, you know, build it and they will come. That's a fallacy. Build it and work your butt off for several years and then they'll come, yep. you know, but mm. it's not like magic. And... Um, so anyway, I was in debt, my account and my CPAs are saying, you better file bankruptcy. There's no way you're going to pay off $400,000 doing $18 haircuts. Yeah. And I said, well, I can and I will. And of course, I went to where I should have been in the first place on my knees and praying a lot. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't know. I've got myself in a mess and only you can get me out. And you know, I mean, people laugh when I say miracles happened, but th they really did. Mm -hmm. I mean, one guy that was suing me for $125,000 because I had closed up a salon emotionally, just closed it, and I just signed a new five-year lease. So I owed him $125,000, and he was like, I'm not settling for any less, da, 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 you know, and 
one day I'm doing a preacher's hair for free, a female preacher, mm -hmm. and I get a call from my attorney. <laughs> he says, I don't know what happened, but these people are willing to settle for $20,000. And I said, what? And he says, yeah, I don't know what happened. And then I said, I do. It was God, you know, he's, yeah. he's giving me a miracle. He's giving me an opportunity to redeem Amazing, myself yeah. for being crazy. But anyway. <laughs> well, a few things, <laughs> Darlene. I love, one, how you kept hearing people say, I gotta go to Miami, I gotta go to New York. Like, Melbourne doesn't have this. Yes. And uh, you determined that you were just going to make it. Like, you were gonna make that thing that uh, you and, wanted And here. you know, it's funny, I had a girl in, uh, the other day, she came to our salon when she was 14 years old to go to a homecoming or a prom. Mm -hmm. And she said, your salon was the only place to go. And we were like the place to go. I had number ones on the wall. <laughs> I mean, talk about nuts. And I gave my, all my staff number ones, gold number ones, after they'd been with me for a year. Amazing. I was on like a trip that was very bad. No humble there. I mean, it was like, it's all about me. No, it wasn't about me. It was about the grace of God that was allowing me to be successful, but I didn't quite get it at that moment. And uh, so anyway, um, I just, I felt like Melbourne should have, have the best. Why should we have to go anywhere? Right. You know, there was people that were happening. They were professional people that was growing, you know, and um, I think we were about 150,000 people at that time, maybe, mm -hmm. and up, you know. So, yeah, I was just kind of obsessed with education, and I, I still am, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 84, I don't even do hair, but I do still teach it. Yeah. So, um, but if there's a class going on, I start getting, I, I, I can't explain it, you know, the FOMA is taking over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I need to go, I need to go to New York and see IBS show. And nobody's going to New York right now. It's like a little bit scary. Um, so I haven't been there in like three, three years, but I, I didn't miss a New York show for um, like 33 years because, mm, well. you know, it was kind of the place to go. Yeah. Studied in Europe, went to hair shows, competitions. Um, the United States won the World uh, Hairdressing Championships in 1984. Amazing. Okay, well, elaborate on that. What, yeah. what happens at the World Hairdressing okay. Championships, Marley? I'll tell you. I mean, people, when I say that, you know, I was a competition judge for about 22 years uh, and people say what, what do you do there well I should have brought some pictures but I, I, I didn't they, people they have um, a compulsory form you know like the hair has to be it can't be just any old thing you want to take there and show them right. it's got to, they have a compulsory form by some big committee that's figured it out what's going to be for that year and you compete they start in the United States locally and they'll, they'll compete in our three major cities uh, New York Chicago in um, LA or Atlanta, one of them, they'll have big competitions. And people, these women that are crazier and more addicted to hair than I am, I mean, spend thousands to get in these competitions. I mean, thousands, these beautiful gowns and hours of, of uh, practice and stuff like that. And they do these gorgeous hairstyles and then they, they win. It's like, it's just like any Olympic uh, tryout, uh, whether you're a runner or it's for, um, you know, basketball or whatever they, you, you compete here. Then when the winners, then they go and compete there and then mm. the winners compete. And pretty soon, well, we won actually 
the World Championship was in Las Vegas in 1984, the first time it had been there in like 20, 20 years, mm. the first time it had been in the United States. Because usually it's, then they have the European competitions and then they have the world competitions. So the Hair World 84 was the year that uh, we won. That's um, amazing. And I was on the hair fashion committee, and one of our girls, actually, she was the champion. They have a team of three, but they're all scoring points, you know, and the points, so she had them as points. So, wow. But, you know, the difference between the winner is just, just like in racing or swimming or any other kind of meet. I mean, it's seconds. Mm. You know, to be the best, you only have to be a spec, yep. you know, better than all the rest. It's not like you have to be miles better, just a little bit, so. Mm. That's awesome. You know, I, I feel like, um, like what you're describing, bringing, uh, bringing the best to Melbourne, I feel like that's a talent of a lot of entrepreneurs and artists, like the best entrepreneurs and artists, they're just recontextualizing something that they are passionate about or find to be really cool. Maybe you see, uh, maybe you see someone else doing it somewhere and the, the concept hasn't been proved yet for Melbourne. Like no one's ever seen something like that here. You know, it's, I feel like it's easy for people to get in that mindset of like, oh, that would never work here or this would, uh, you, uh, you know what I mean? Time. Like, like people time. just wouldn't get it kind of thing. Uh, but like the it. best, most forward thinking artists, entrepreneurs, like the game changers, they combined elements that have never been combined before. You that's, know? that's that's you're, you're spot on, man. And I was, when I was as I was listening to uh, to you, Darlene, and I was just thinking to myself, like, um, that's one of the th reasons why we started Legacy Angel Network. Why, why we started this group was that we should have the best of everything. Mm. Um, there is a huge talent pool here. Um, you should not have to go somewhere else to get great marketing. You don't. We got far out marketing right here. Um, you, you shouldn't have to go somewhere else to get uh, great inventors. We have more engineers per capita than anywhere in, in the country. Um, you shouldn't have to go somewhere else to get great commercialization. We have the best commercialization experts in the country. Um, we're close to space. We're close to the Treasure Coast. We've got all these other things and all, these ta all this talent around us. Everything that you could possibly need to take a business from here to here does exist in Brevard. And if you have a central kind of an organization pulling all those resources together to create new business, to create that culture and to fund it and to take it to the next. And I just thought to myself, why aren't we doing this? And so, so the, Melbourne can have the best of everything and does have the best of everything. And even totally though it's agree. huge, yeah. Even though this place has grown like crazy, it still oh. feels a little small. It's it's a it's a very unique place to live because you can you can I mean it's the housing has gotten a little nuts. However, um, in comparison to the rest of the state, it's kind of on par. Um, and and uh, this is a this is a great p uh, place to raise a family. You can work here. You can have a good job here. You can raise a family here. They can have opportunity here. And uh, the more entrepreneurs like you keep doing what you're doing and entrepreneurs like these guys and me keep doing what we're doing it's just going to create and compound opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and so um, you have paved the way for us and so I just want to say thanks oh, great <laughs> I mean I mean seriously it, it's 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 entrepreneurs like you that saw something that didn't exist that said I'm gonna do that 
and then you went for it and you did it and you had you had uh, trial and error like every entrepreneur you had you had great years and you had tough years and you stuck to it and you stuck it through and you built a legacy so kudos <laughs> well, thank you I just just yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, when uh, Jessica mentioned this to me, I said, what the heck? I listened to all those people, the CDC people and this person and that person, all these higher ups. And, but, you know, hair is so important to a woman and to, a man, and yeah. to men, yeah. but to a woman. Uh, you know, women, being a woman, you know, I, I'm for women. I, I think we... Mm. We uh, try to do everything. We want to be everything to everybody. We try to take care of our kids, take care of work, you know, our husbands and all, all of those things. And, um, I, well, I have several mottos, but one is you cannot be broke and ugly at the same time. <laughs> you just can't. So, you know, if right, I'm going to be... going to use that on the, on the clip. You cannot be broke and ugly yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and, and, you, and you also can't be... Um, miserable and ugly at the same time so the the value that hair has for a woman or a man i mean i've seen men you know that we've given great haircuts to and they were oh my gosh i've been fighting this hair for years you know thanks do, do i need any help uh, no, you look good. Jess will probably tell you anything that you need, but no. but you know the the uh, guys that are over twenty nine. I, I want you to be really critical. I, I mean, because I you know uh, I think it's okay, but you know, yeah, what do you I think? mean, I think it looks good. You could probably trim up your beard a little more neatly. <laughs> okay. You know, right. uh, and um, I maybe I would th say some products for him, Jess, because his hair is kind of. Beautiful hair, though. <laughs> Beautiful hair, Beautiful. but I mean, you know, uh, something to make it get in control a little bit and, okay. and add shine to it. So, okay. yeah, I mean, and, okay. and everybody feels better when they look better. And I've had many men say, man, color this hair. I'm competing with all these younger guys oh, with all like this. Color. No, I would never want to color your hair either. No. But I'm just saying that the that's going on even for men. I mean, it's always been that way for women. We got to look younger, you know, all the, all the young guys are, I mean, all the young girls are really hot looking and we're getting older, you know, and all yeah, this Connor stuff. Yeah, so. Connor does a lot of Botox. He's actually 74 <laughs> years old. Uh, well, he looks really no, good no, for 74, no Botox, honestly. Yeah. 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 No I think that's good. I like how, I like how before uh, Darlene said your hair looks good, she was like, well, you... She like checked the angle. She checked the angle first before she gave your actual well, opinion. Well, there's a there's a glare back there, so I'd really like to get up close and personal if I was going to analyze right. your hair or recommend something. No, to you. I appreciate. No, it's it's no, I, I really yeah. do. Appreciate, I, I was being serious. Yeah. And, and so I really wanted to know. Well, I know. I mean, yeah, you're, no. you're a man. Well, you like to look good. Why I do. not? Yes. I do. Absolutely. And you have a gorgeous wife, so you better be looking I do. good. She's yeah. Stunning. Yeah, she is. Stunning. Yeah. And, so. and speaking of that too, like just I'm gonna, I'm gonna brag on my wife a little bit. I admire her so much. So, so, so we had three kids, right? Uh -huh. um, and they're all they're all gr grown. Um, we're, we're trying to become empty nesters. We were for about three weeks, and they're all, <laughs> all coming back. Um, but but um, but uh, during that time, I was working like crazy. I was at Calvary Chapel, and I had all these other things going on. Even before Calvary Chapel, I was just a workaholic. And so she was at home, and she was pouring her life into our family, our kids, and, mm -hmm. and, all, and all of that stuff. And there was a point where she's just like, I'm going back to school. 
I'm going to go and do my thing. And um, she did. Like she, she was. She kind of just juggled all of it. She got. Not that I wasn't any help, but but I mean, she just was a a rock star, and she went and she got her bachelor's degree, and then she went and she got her master's degree, and now she's a speech and language pathologist to the stars. Speech happy. That's uh, <laughs> if you have any your speech needs. If you're a little a little tight, go tell your kids about uh, your your parents about it. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, but she's she's absolute rock star, and and I I admire her like crazy watching her go through all all of that and then achieve her goal and then not only achieve her goal but like you know coming out cum laude and she would have been magna cum laude if back when she was 18 she didn't drop out of uh bcc should i have said that i probably shouldn't have said that um you know and uh well she was she was doing it basically to marry me and, yeah uh, you know so we got married at 18 and 19 so not far off from 16 oh, yeah, yeah. You know. that's still very young and you, but you're still together so that that's we are, um, by the grace of god and, yes and, and, i mean actually uh, you got a, it yeah it's a it's a it's a miracle she's put up with me so well you mentioned calvary calvary chapel yeah how long did, did you, what were you doing there? I was a, I was a pastor there um, for, from 2004, um, wait, 2000, yeah, 2004 to 2015. Okay, well, that's, yeah. I, I probably have seen you many, 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 many times. Yeah. I, went to, I went to Israel with Pastor Mark five times. I, I, I went to, I le- helped lead one of the trips to Israel back in 2011. That okay, was, that's one I missed because I went yeah. 8, 10, 12, 14, and 16. Yeah. I went all those yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, but still to this day, uh, one of my favorite places on the planet. I absolutely love Israel. Yeah. I do too. I'm yeah. in love with it. Then you went with the Sar- Sarel tours. And, and, yeah, uh, went, went with them. With, I went and taught in the Valley of Elah. Yeah. Went and taught on the, the you oh, know, yeah. It's, all, it's, all the, it's all the awesome. cool places. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Well, you know... Um, I will tell you a funny story, though. Okay, what is that? Yeah, so we were baptizing some folks in the Jordan River, which is also just... I got cool. my film. Yeah, right. well, I got yeah. my video. And, and those little fish are eating at your feet while you're doing it. Uh-huh, you know, little, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, people pay a lot of money for that, but we got it for free. Uh, and <laughs> and um, so, you know, they're snapping at my feet while, while I'm, I'm baptizing, and then this lady slips into the line, the, this, uh, this uh, older uh, uh, Greek lady, uh, she slips into the line into our group, <laughs> and you know everyone's wearing their white robes and their, yeah. their things. Um, she she wasn't wearing anything underneath, um, um, so she gets into the water, and this lady is just full see-through. on naked. Like, <laughs> and I'm looking at the guy that I'm baptizing with, uh, and, and and we're like, <laughs> then we're looking over at Mark, and Mark's like, <laughs> you know, and so we just. All right, it's just, it's just Dunk this lady over, and then she turns around, and Mark's facing this way. This lady turns this way, and he goes, "Oh, <laughs> it was, it was so, it was funny. It was absolutely hilarious. We were all, we were trying to be serious, but it was too funny. It was pretty hard to when, when, you know, it's all right there. It was, I, I, there were several of them that happened, even though he, they did warn us about that. They said, you know, wear your a bathing suit or wear something that. You know, he's not see-through. But did you go float in the in the in the? Uh, oh yes, the Dead Sea. Yes, absolutely. Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Good times. Yeah, I. It was some of my fondest memories for sure. Yep. Yeah, very, very cool. But um, 
Sidetrack, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. all right. I had a, I had a thought um, when you were talking about bringing everything to Melbourne. Um, <clears throat> I was always, you know, I, I don't like to be limited. If I'm going to do something, you know, I always set the records at Meadow Lane Elementary for raising the mm -hmm. most money for the carnival over raising. You know, I was like, well, what do we do last year? Okay, well, we got to do a little more yeah. this year. Yeah. So... Um, we, I was president of our association because I was on the hair fashion committee. Every time someone quit as president, because it was not an easy job, you know, you can't, you had to go out and hustle people and tell them why they should belong to the National Cosmetology Association. Right. You know, well, what's in it for me? Well, nothing. You, it's for you to contribute. That's what it's for. Right. And, um, so anyway, um, I was president of the association. I got it like several times in a row, but we always had this big competition during National Cosmetology Month, which is in October. And so when we got it, well, I got every mayor in the whole county to sign our proclamation. This is National Cosmetology. And get all of our scrapbook. We raised a whole lot of money. I didn't realize it was going to win. So lo and behold, we, I get a letter. We have won first place in the United States. So we have our little affiliate 26 button. And we go to Chicago. That's where the convention was that year. We go there and everybody's going, who in the hell is affiliate 26 and where's melbourne florida <laughs> <laughs> i great. said hey that's us well, well where are you all never heard of melbourne florida i said well you need to it's a happening place <laughs> and great. uh and we were all running around you know with our little uh, 20, affiliate 26 buttons on there from melbourne florida nobody heard of it it was very funny but i was i was very passionate about we need to. We can do anything that anybody yeah. else. We don't have to live in New York to do to do make a difference, best, you know, yeah. and to touch people. And we're so privileged in our business. You guys aren't, but we literally get to touch people. Now, what an awesome responsibility that is, because mm -hmm. no one gets to touch people unless you're a dentist or a doctor or something like that. But yeah. people allow us in that little three foot of space that people don't get into. I'm a great study of people. I love going to marketing events and I watch mm -hmm. them. And when you get close to people, they back up. Yep. And you get a little closer, they back up. You know, because they're not going to let you in that safe space that mm -hmm. they've got. Well, we're in it. Yeah. And we're leaning over them and we're close to them and they're telling us all their deepest, darkest <laughs> yeah, they right. tell us stuff that we don't I, even want to know. That, that <laughs> is a special thing, and you're right. We don't get. To, I mean, Connor tries to touch me all yeah. the time, um, and but I keep you, telling him no means no. Right, yeah. right. Fact, like we try to get a longer couch. I mean, all kinds of problems. Oh. The ways to solve this problem. <laughs> what to uh, to touch on? Just yeah, all these people that you're working with, the students too. Like, uh, I mean, hundreds of cosmetologists at this point. Can you tell us a little bit, is, do you have a Darlene teaching philosophy, like uh, as far as the, the main things that you're <laughs> teaching? And maybe Jess knows, you know, maybe you can recite some, some Darlene-isms. Yeah, know? well, uh, do what I say and do it well, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it, it's, it's like teaching anybody to do anything, but, you know, it's always like you try to teach them something, they want to watch videos. They want to see how Susie does it and Mary does it. And I said, oh, that's great. But wait till you know how to do it, period. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just do it, successfully market your little thing, and then you can change it. You can dice it, slice it, chunk it, 
do anything you want to it. But, you know, it's, it's that sticking to itness and that determination that you're going to do it the best you can do, you know. And have, I think that's a... Have yes. you ever looked at one of your folks and your ladies and said, you know, beauty school, drop out, go back to high school? Like, you know, it's... Many, yeah. many. <laughs> I can usually, honest to God, thank you with your help, um, I, I can tell in very short order if they're going to make it or not. Yeah. Now, I, I don't mean they're not going to make it as an okay cosmetologist, get a decent paycheck, mm. go to work, go home, <coughs> and that's it. But the ones that will make a difference, they'll go out and, mm. and have their own salons, they'll hire people, they'll train them, and they'll, you know, it's like, it just... A, a, Slows down, you know. Uh, there's there's very few of them out there, and uh, and the statistics of beauty schools are horror, horrifying. Anyway, they say out of a hundred students, you're not going to get ten that'll end up in the field. Mm. Wow. So that's a hundred. You get ten, and out of those ten, only three or four will stay in the business over, um, I think, four years and seven months, something like that. Well, so, well, how do you tell, Darlene? Like, who do you think the the archetypal people are that are like going to succeed? Um, there's a whole list of things. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Mm. Showing up, that's one. They, they say, oh, I want to be successful like you. I said, well, all you got to do is show up. Yeah. Show up when you're supposed to show up. You know, that's it. That's the worst thing. They can't show up. Mm. They're sick all the time. Mm. And they would say, well, you're always here because it's your business. No, I worked for another guy for eight years before I opened a salon. Never missed a day of work. Right. If I'm supposed to be at work, I'm going to be at work. That's mm. my word, my integrity, my whatever. Mm. And uh, so I tell them, just show up. That's more than... 90% of the people are going to do because right, they're going right. to call out sick, they're going to not want to work, they're going to be lazy, they're going to go home, they're not booked, they want time off, you know, and that's, that's the main thing. And then uh, loving people. I had one little girl say, um, I was like telling her, you know, when you meet somebody and you greet them, you, you grab their hand or you touch their shoulder, shoulder because, you know, we're privileged to touch someone, so it's very important. A lot of people never get touched, and they, they need that contact, one-on-one -on -one contact. And this little girl looked at me right in the eye, and she says, oh, I can't stand to touch people. I said, sweetheart, <laughs> I would suggest you go to the bank, get a yep. job, Publix, uh, <laughs> anywhere. But we, we touch people. We're laying over and we're practically on top of them. You know, our, our knees are touching when we're, uh, and you don't like to touch people. This isn't going to be good for you. It's just it's not going to be good. So you, you can tell right on. I mean, they're willing. They want to learn. They want to grow. They uh, want to take care of people. They want to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. They, it's, I think it's the success of any business. So it's the same with your, you guys. You got to want to be here. You got to, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're fighting against odds. Most small businesses are yep. because they're, you know, it's like, well, no one else is doing it. And someone needs to do it, but it's really tough. And yep. People say, oh, you guys can't be done in Melbourne. It's, you know, I mean, I heard that so many times. Yeah. You're, you're, you're too far out for Melbourne, you know. I opened my first, my second salon. It was a big salon. And I had 
This is when I was on my ego trip. I had <laughs> mirrored ceilings, silver mirrors. It looked Amazing. like a space station. And the space thing was going on pretty big at that time. And um, we were, I had a platform built up high so we could be looked on and admired. You know, because usually you walk into a little salon like this, you're looking at their back, you know, you're yeah. not really seeing them, but we were looking out in this circle and um, <laughs> it was it was a trip, but I'm just saying, you know, it was like we need to everybody look. said this so is not for Melbourne. <laughs> did, did, that, did, did that place become a club when you left? <laughs> no, but it could have. Uh, it could have. Yeah. Actually, it was the hottest place in town as far as it get your hair done. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. All the Melbourne High, all the O'Galley High School, you know, cheerleaders, teenagers, and all—they all came to our salon, that's awesome. and all the mothers and all the, everybody. If you were anybody, you were going to be coming to Silhouette at one point in time. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Was it just? Uh, I'm sure there's lots of things that work there, just the culture uh, that you guys have built, that it was a fun place to go, right? And that's the stylists were excellent. But like, what, what were the components do you think that made it um, so remarkable? What were they what? Like, the, like what, what were the pieces of the business that made it the place to go? Uh, well, I think it was... A lot of it was the work that we put into it mm. because we were out in the community all the time. We were doing cut-a-thons. We were doing charity work everywhere, anywhere we could. You know, um, a girl <laughs> just was in not too long ago. She said, oh, yeah, uh, you used to cut my hair. I said, oh, really? Yeah. She said, yeah, I came to one of your cut-a-thons. It's theirs. And uh, you cut my hair, and it was a great haircut. And then she came, she was getting a free haircut, well, a $5 donation for charity. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up coming me and paying, you know, $30 for a haircut, which was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. So, um, awesome. you know, that's how we did. We got out into the community. We got people known. We let people know we wanted to, that we'd listen to them. We wanted to cut their hair the way they wanted it. You know, we wanted to take care of them, really. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I had a sign up once that said, we do things other salons don't do, we listen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because great. I, I kind of put it together, uh, listening to clients. Oh yeah, well, I'm scared to death to get my hair cut because I asked for that much off and they took that much off. Mm. I said, well, that's not gonna happen here. We don't get paid by the inch. We don't care what's on the floor. If there's no hair on the floor, good. You got your hair on your head and you can go home happy. And uh, so those, those kind of things that we tried to uh, initiate. I bet Jess, Jess still knows how to do a, a dusting trim. <laughs> do you? Yeah. yeah, she does, of course. She's a great little hairdresser. <laughs> no, she was. She was really good because she's caring what? and loves I people. Am. You am, but you don't do any hair for me. Did if you come in and hair. do hair on, uh, on your day off, I do my own hair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jess, do you ever miss doing hair? Sometimes I miss um, like the creativity of it, and I miss like my relationships with like my regular clients. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's that kind of stuff. It can be, I think something in the beauty industry that gets misunderstood is that it's really superficial, and it's really not like hairdressers. Mm -hmm. Like really good hairdressers, like really care about the people that they're working with, and it's not just about like vanity, I mean, they make someone's day, somebody leaves feeling a lot better than they came in, 
um, but it is like emotionally taxing and um, there's a lot of components that make it really hard physically and emotionally for yeah. the hairdresser. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she just said it. The first year or so that I was in, in the business, I swear I cried almost every day I went home, you know. Wow. I got so sick of seeing, um, oh, my daughter's on drugs. My son's girlfriend just had an abortion. My husband beat me up. And I mean, just on Ugh. and on and on. Man. And I, I would just like, oh, my God, what can, what can I do? I can't do anything. So I make them look and feel better because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that helped them get yeah. through whatever they had to get through. So it is, and she hit it on the, it's a very emotionally draining, but it's also rewarding mm. because when, when people, the relationship that most people have with their hairdresser is very close. In fact, when they move, they're, they're not worried about their doctor and their lawyer and their dentist. They're, and I had a girl just tell me the other day, she said, oh God, I can't find a hairdresser. I haven't even bothered looking for a dentist. And one of our guys, he's moving over to Lakeland. He just built a big house over there. He told me yesterday, he says, yeah, I'm still gonna just be driving over here to get my hair done. He says, yeah. uh, I says I'm not gonna try to search out a hair, hairdresser. He's been mm -hmm. coming to us for like, oh, 20, David Norton. You know, JJ used to do him all oh, the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, the relationship that we have with them is just so important. I mean, and people think, oh, I've heard them say, I'm, I'm, I'm just a housewife or I'm just a hairdresser. I want to slap them both because those are two super important yep. jobs. I mean, housewife, mm -hmm. there's nothing more important than being a mother and a and taking care of children and a, and a man. I mean, because you guys need taking care of, for sure. We're, 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 just, we're just big, hairy babies. <laughs> you, you, that's it. You're just big kids, you know? Yeah. I always used to say, oh, I've got four kids. Really? I, I, I didn't know. What, oh, my husband. That's the biggest one, you know? <laughs> Yeah, my son. Ooh, I want to hear that story. My son was eight <laughs> months old, and my husband bought him a Lionel train. I'm like, do I look stupid? You know, I know you bought yourself this train because you were poor too, like me. You never had a train. So. so he's so glad he had a son that he could buy a train for. That's funny. Yeah. That is funny, um, man. So it's um, it's just a super important job that people don't uh, think it is, but when they lose their hairdresser or their hairdresser moves, I mean, we hear it. And, and, and the funny part of all that is that I would do someone's hair that they'd been long time with another hairdresser and, and they'd practically be in tears saying, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so upset. And I said, well, you know, I'm not Susie, but I will give you a very nice haircut. Um, and uh, the girl that was in yesterday, she said, yeah, you guaranteed me the best haircut I ever had, and that was. <laughs> it was Joanne, the hairdresser. I cut her hair once. She was in yesterday. Why? She says, oh, my hair's so messed up. She says, I thought back, where did I really get a great haircut? And she said, you came into my mind. And so Aww. she was in the salon. But... Um, Oh, I forgot, I lost my train of thought, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it was basically, um, I, I don't know, I totally lost, I got off of what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, it really doesn't matter. No, no, you're good. The worst part about leaving was having to tell all my clients individually over and over again. Oh, I know. That was so sad. Maybe your last haircut with me. Yeah, Jessica does not like being the bearer of bad news. 
I bet not, because yeah. she's too sweet. She doesn't <laughs> like that, yeah. Wow, you got her filled. She's too sweet. <laughs> Nobody pulls a wool over Darlene's eyes. <laughs> Darlene, the, the stories have been good already, but do you have, like, a, we always ask, like, scrappiest startup story. You know what I mean? Like, the, uh, is there a memory vivid in your mind of, like, uh, something you went the extra distance for just in the name of success oh, in your business? I mean, you know? there's probably so many stories. I opened seven... Eight, nine salons and one, two, and two beauty schools. So there, there's tons of stories. One story that really comes to my mind is I was in Paris. I was at the, um, um, the hot coiffure of Paris, which is a big hairdressing function. And I was opening my Indian Harbor Beach salon. <laughs> And there's no phones, no cell phones. We didn't have cell phones back then. Right. So we had to, I'd, I'd, whenever I'd see a pay phone, I would call in to home and check on them. So I, I called, every time I called, this, this salon was being built. And I had given explicit orders, drew and designed every salon I ever right. had. I knew, you know, I mean, it was all mine. You know, I like everything curved and weird. But anyway, my, my receptionist is saying, Darlene, I don't think you're gonna like these walls. They're not round. So evidently, they had some amateur in there scoring the sheetrock, but he was doing it wide. So when he bent the sheetrock, it was like hexagon shapes all over the place. It was supposed to be this nice, smooth, round wall. She says, you're not gonna like it. I said, let me speak to somebody, you know, so I'm there. Hey, look, I want those walls round and I, I don't know who you've got working. I just talked to the supervisor. So then the next, it was the same salon. So anyway, we got that settled. When I got home, they were around. Um, but the, the girl I called, she says, Darlene, they're putting the mirrors in the wrong place. And I drew a picture exactly where the seams were to go and so we could have our stations in between. She says, I don't think they're putting them in the wrong place, in the right place. I said, I got marks on the floor where the seam should be. And you just tell them to follow them because what they were doing was they were going to, where we sit with our chair, they were going to put the seam right there. And the seams were supposed to be where the stations were so that right. we wouldn't be looking at a, at a thing going like that. So... That's and, and, you on the payphone in Paris organizing Yeah, that. that's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> it. And I'm going... Can you, can you just try to handle this? Just look at my paperwork, look at my diagrams, everything is there. Um, and uh, he says, yeah, but he doesn't want to listen to me. I said, all you have to do is say, stop what you're doing, because I just talked to my boss and she said, they're going right there and that's where you put them. She'll be responsible for it. So, and it worked out and they did have them in the right place. and. I, I think I had more trouble um, with building salons with the contractors doing what I had told them to do. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm very space oriented and I've worked in hair, so I know how much space we need, how much elbow room we need, how much front and back room, you know, so, and they don't. They're, they're not dealing with a hair right. salon. They're just looking at a blueprint and saying, oh, I think that should be a little bigger. Well, I had this big circular bench in the middle of my big salon that I built, and it had um, um, lights to, to accelerate your hair processing. 
and I had it exactly the dimensions I wanted it built, exactly how much it was, because I knew how we would back up to it. I get down there, and this thing is taking up the whole thing. I just, where are my hairdressers <laughs> supposed to stand? Well, it looked like that thing should have been bigger. I said, I didn't ask you to, to think about it. I just asked you to do it. Do it. You know, I'll do the thinking, you do yeah, the work. Yeah. You there, there you go, thinking again. That's the problem. Yeah. Please, don't be thinking. Uh, but I love, this is a testament to just how, like, as an entrepreneur, you're so multivariant. Like, you know a surprising amount about sheetrock, apparently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. The stupid men. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> That's cool, oh, I worked very, very good with men. I had some wonderful uh, contractors. They fought me tooth and nail. Darlene, that's too much work. We got to do curves here, curves there. And especially when I was building the Apollo Salon, as I had cur curved ceilings, I had, you know, just curved everything. And all the carpeting had to be put on curves and had some raised platforms and had mirrors hanging kind of sideways so it would... You could see all over the salon with those. And I'm in there, and they're fussing at me. This is so hard. I've never had to work so hard. I said, don't you get tired of working on a square? I said, I would absolutely shoot myself if I had to go every day <laughs> and put a square room and a, a square rug in a square room. I would just go, no, no. You know? And they said, well, you know, it's, it's a lot easier. I mean, you know, our time is money. And I said, well, charge. Charge what you're supposed to charge to get the job done right. So we're finishing up and I'm planning this big shindig. All my contractors were, do you mind if I bring my wife to show her the carpet? Do you mind if I bring my wife to show her that shampoo area? <laughs> you know? They I were said, proud of it. Of course not. Yeah. Bring them. You looky how, how, don't you feel good? You did some great work. Yeah, maybe you don't have to do that every day. It's just like hair. We don't get to create a masterpiece every day. Sometimes we just do ordinary hair, a little bitty trim, mm -hmm. blow it out, make the lady feel good, boom. But then you get that one client that just says, do anything you want, go mm -hmm. ahead and create. And I, I love it when they say do anything you want because I said, oh, you know, I was thinking about shaving all this side of your head and making a big blue mohawk up there. <laughs> and then they would go... Uh, no, I don't mean, to, no, no. I, I said, I didn't think so. I'd rather create with boundaries, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you like, what you don't like, you know, so. <laughs> but you feel like. That's experience talking <laughs> your, your aesthetic, like everything curved and the things that you I created, do. Do, you feel, do you feel like it was uh, like significantly different than anyone else in the market here? I mean, that's oh yeah, a, yeah. Oh that's, yeah, all my slums were different. <laughs> you know, they had big holes in the walls somewhere and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Like those, we the, had graphics on the wall. I mean, we 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 did a lot of things. I at our fiftieth anniversary, I made a collage of all of our, all my salons, mm. and they were, you know, they were they were all quite different and a little extreme, you know. But yeah, I mean, you could have just. Uh, like rehabbed, um, rehabbed a building and just been on trend with everyone else, but you did your own thing and it's yeah. clearly worked. Well, when you, know? you go into a salon, and I know most of you have been to just salons, I'm not talking about the big spas, but this mm -hmm. is a different era now and things are getting more creative in, mm -hmm. in the salon business. But still, in every public shopping center, there's a salon that's got a straight line chairs here, chairs here, and you walk down the middle, and that's every right. salon you walk into. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
even though I might have had to work with those boundaries, I would put some curved walls here. I'd have a, had a curved desk, you know, something that would just add a apart. little, yeah. a little yeah. something uh, special to it. That's cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, uh, clearly, the most important thing is the relationship with your your hairstylist, your hair, your oh, hairdresser. Oh, absolutely. But also walking into an environment where you can relax and it's, 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 it's aesthetically pleasing, you're, you're selling an entire experience. Um, and so I, I think that was, that's, that's brilliant, that's awesome. Well, we're in the downtown O'Galley Art District right now and we're in a very old building and it's the most unique salon that I've ever had because, it's, because of the pure architecture that was already there that I didn't have to do anything to. Well, you know, big high ceilings, mm -hmm. kind of like gold, uh, um, plaques or something. It's a very right. different salon. Mm. It's different than the one Jessica's worked in. Mm. But uh, uh, so I, we've, in, we've enjoyed that because all of my um, salons ended up being in public shopping centers. It was pretty, it was pretty funny because public shopping centers and, or Winn-Dixie and then Bank America right across the street. Mm. So I've been with Bank America for like 42 years <laughs> People switch banks all the time, but <laughs> I, I, I'm one that does not like to switch. I'm very loyal to people that, you know, I have the same plumber has worked on every salon I built. Mm. I call them, you know, they're, they're just good. They understand me. They know that I'm kind of crazy and they want impossible things, but which, uh, uh, which plumbing company is that? It's Tucker Plumbing. Tucker Plumbing. Yeah. Right there. Give them a little plug. Right. Yes, absolutely. They're wonderful. I love them. And actually, um, um, my electrician, Jackson Electric, mm. they did phenomenal jobs for me in all my salons. And That's awesome. Just uh, I, in the first salon, the little salon in downtown Melbourne, mm -hmm. it's at the Fork in the Road. Oh, that salon was a nightmare. <laughs> it, it, it had, it was, it was a little, I think it was originally a little house, you mm. know. And then they split it up and made two little offices there. Well, that's fine for an insurance company. You got, you know, two plugs, a couple of computers and a lights, you know. But hair salons, we require a lot of, a lot of water and a lot of electric. So mm -hmm. <laughs> this salon, it blew the fuses. Every time we turned three blow dryers <laughs> on, everything would blow. We'd have to run, jump up on the shampoo chair, reach up and flip the air conditioner because it would kick it off. You know, it was just a scream. <laughs> and so one day we're in there working, we hear this loud noise, boom! The transformer in the back blew because it was just too much for them. <laughs> so we had to get the whole thing rewired to be able to hold, uh, you know, they don't think, but uh, in these shopping centers, they don't, they don't build them. For, now they probably are more, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, equipped with, um, for a hair salon, but uh, before... Especially with the big old um, pedicure stations mm -hmm. that they have in yeah, some of the salons. Yeah. We didn't have that. We had, um, we used to be a full service salon. We did everything. And then when the spas started coming out and I didn't have a couple of million dollars to build the spa that I wanted, um, I said, no, we're going to just specialize in hair. That's mm -hmm. what I know and know it better than anybody in this state practically. And that's what we'll specialize in. I can train them. I couldn't train anybody to do nails because I never did them. Mm -hmm. And even though I had five, five nail techs at one time, but the smell, we got it, you know, just out of, <laughs> out of the building, you know. So you just do hair. My wife used to be a nail tech. Did she? Yes. So oh, while where she was, did she work? Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
sorry. Uh, get nailed and hair too in Palm Bay. <laughs> okay. Very classy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, it's, uh, that's she a probably real, got that's trained a, by trained by Dwayne. I don't know, but it, it was over in the plaza off of uh, Wickham Road. Um, yeah, that was, was a, Dwayne's. Okay, Dwayne's. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, one day she um, calls me up, and um, I, I would do anything for her. Um, she said, "Hey, um, I need to do gel nails, and I don't have anyone." So uh, <laughs> you got so, them done, did you? You know, got some was, gel nails. I got some gel nails, and I hated every minute of it. Um, especially trying to get them off. That was nightmare. that was a nightmare. Like I, 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 you know, and the second she put them on, and I, I left. I'm like, whoosh, I'm just trying to get them off, and it was just, it was brutal. I only had nails once, and they bothered me so bad. They just like felt like they were sucking the life out of my fingertips. Yeah. I. Yeah. I like long nails, but I. Don't grow them and don't have them. So I haven't had a manicure in a very long time, but I don't mind a good manicure. Yeah, no, manicures are good for guys. Yeah, uh, because y'all are you work yeah, so I'm not hard. Scared. You're you're out nice to go to some <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe yeah. we found our thing, Matt. Like yeah. you, me and you think. You yeah, know? you know, I think a, you and I walking into a place together, <laughs> it's saying, "Hey, we'd like some mani pedis." Would be hilarious. That'd be I, great. I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're nice. I weekend? mean, you know. <laughs> well, you guys work so hard. You're out digging ditches and you yeah, know, I mean, working on your cars. We were, and, we, were just, <laughs> we were just digging a ditch before you got here. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you got to take care of those hands. <laughs> yeah. oh, Matt, maybe I'll ask Darlene the questions. Yeah, I'll ask, okay, I got, I, got, I got two little questions for oh, you. Oh, you do? Darlene. Okay. I do, I do. Um, Hopefully I have an answer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so... Question number, was that light supposed to go out? Uh, I'm sure we just need to switch a battery pack, but it's oh, okay. all right. If it's cool, it's cool. I mean, if just, it'll I hide just, my wrinkles, leave it off. No, no, you're, you're good, you're good, you're good. All right, so um, uh, we asked these questions. I already think I know the answer to these questions because you've been very thorough today. Um, but uh, we always ask these two questions of our guests right at the very end. Uh, question number one, um, what... Uh, what drives you personally? Like, like what? Like, what's your inner moral compass? And then, uh, and then, two. What advice would you give to and someone who is an entrepreneur? Maybe they're they're you know currently in the middle of starting something new, or maybe they want to start something new. What advice would you give to them? It's a little two part question. There. Okay. Uh, what drives me? I think um, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and good and faithful servant. Yep. So I, I, I want to work and serve as unto the Lord. And, um, you know, he's blessed me greatly in this career. So I, I think that's what I just want to uh, be useful, mm -hmm. have a purpose. I mean, yep. just laying around the house and being retired just does not appeal to me in any <laughs> strange fashion because any t if I want to go to Europe tomorrow I just say hey I'll be gone for two weeks y'all take care of everything and I'll go and fortunately I have enough money that I can go hashtag I mean, I goals you know yeah, <laughs> you know so um, it, that's I, I always have goals and I always have things that I wanted to do you know I wanted to have a million dollar salon 
one salon, and uh, and I did that a couple of years. I wanted to go to Paris. Wanted to, you know, when I, I set goals, and then I'm willing to work for them. I mm-hmm. think being willing to put in the time and work for it. That also goes to the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, I, I love it when they say, and and the majority of my assistants through the years. Not all, but most of them would say, "Oh, I want to be like you. I want to own my own salon. I want to, uh, you know, I want to just be successful. I want to be teaching. I want to judge at hair shows. I want to do all this." And I said, "Great, that's fabulous. I don't want to hire anybody that just wants to do hair in their kitchen after I train them." Right. You know, so um, it's like about two weeks after they've worked for me, or a month. You know, I said, I mean, because I do a pretty intensive interview, you know, mm-hmm. do, are you opposed to hard work? Can yes. you clean up? Do you know how to clean toilets? Uh, do you, uh, can you show up? Will you volunteer? So about two, three weeks after I've hired them, I, I say, sweetheart, um, when's your sister getting back in town? She says, I don't have a sister. Oh, well, who did I interview? Because, oh, <laughs> who was it I was interviewing that, because the, you don't want to work weekends, don't want to work Saturdays, don't like to stay late, uh, want, to, want to leave early if you don't have a customer, don't want to help out, uh, you don't like to clean, you'd rather be on your phone than uh, being part of the team. So I just was wondering when your sister was coming back in town, because I was really eager to have her work with, you know. And then the brush comes out. <laughs> no, that's when I need to use the brush. But some people, when, they're, when you sense it early on, because even a, a person that's not too smart is smart enough to act nice the first month or two. Right. You know, you act like you're going to be part of the team. But uh, that, that's it. You've just got to be involved. You've got to want it like a, I, I told one of my girls the other day, you've got to want this like a drowning man wants a breath of air mm-hmm. because it is not going to come easy. And I don't know any professions that are easy, mm. but ours definitely isn't. Long hours, stand on your feet, no benefits, uh, you know, uh, so it's, you gotta want it. You, you gotta, really, gotta really, want you it. really, really want it, and you you've gotta go. Um, I, I think it's be, uh, above and beyond. Go give more than is expected of mm-hmm. you. So if you do that, I know my my first boss. He was like, "What are you doing up there cleaning that chandelier?" I said, "Well, it, it need cleaning," and he says, "Well, that's not your job." I said, "Whose job is it?" You know, yeah. it just needed done. I mean, it was just something needs done. You do it and. Um, so people don't understand that. I mean, to get, and there, I've seen a big change uh, in the last few years. I don't think uh, the last three years has done us any favor as far as people wanting to work. Yeah. You know, and uh, everybody I know is having trouble getting good help that wants to work. Mm. You know? Y'all don't. You got Jessica, so she loves That's to right. work. That's <laughs> right. Yep. Yep, she yeah. likes to work Monday and Friday. And yeah, uh-huh, really, uh-huh. Yes. Yep. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said, I, I know that what kind of a job you want. You want to come in at, uh, you want to come in from 9 to 2, take an hour and a half for lunch, and uh, work two days a week. <laughs> That's good, but you're not going to make any money that way. Right. And you're not going to make a lot of people happy. 
you know, and that's our job is to make people feel good and look good. So, so well, Darlene, know. you have lots of good advice and in, in a serious like history to back it up. So that's yep. uh, cool to hear it. And, um, congrats on all your success and the people you've influenced, man. Well, thank you. You, you know, seem I was... to have made an impression on Jess. So. Oh, I love her. <laughs> That's a bad thing about our business. That's true. <laughs> it's on record. I, I tell all of my employees that they're my very favorite and that they're the best I've yeah, ever had. I'm the only one that she means it. And she, There's not she... one person that works for Darlene that does not know who I am. Hey. <laughs> Darlene, but. of course she's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to pay for that. I know. I know. Believe well, me, you I know, I, I mean, it's just, I, I love Jess because she, like I said, she was in the Navy. She went to that little, what do you call that, reserve thing all yeah, the time. She was so dedicated to taking care of that. And I know when I wanted to open a beauty school, I knew nothing about opening a beauty school, but all my assistants would say, oh my gosh, I learned more in a day than I've learned all the time. You need to open a beauty school. You need to open a beauty school. One day I said, I think I will. I didn't know nothing about it. So I'm at, uh, I think I was in, I was in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was at a, a convention that was in Vegas and I had joined the, the school association. And so I'm there and everybody goes through and tells everybody where their school is and how many students they have and everything they get to me. And I said, well, I'm Darlene McGee and I'm from Melbourne, Florida, and I don't have a school yet, uh, but I wanted to join because I wanted to be around people that knew about school business, you know, because I didn't know anything about it. And they, that audience freaked out. You don't have a school? And then the, the narrator says, we can't get people that have schools to join the school association. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's the key is just be willing to do what other people won't do. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, you've got to stick your neck out. You've got to take risks. Uh, you've got to be, listen to the naysayers. Oh, that can't be done. You can't do that in Melbourne. I mean, that's, you're, you've got to highfalutin ideas, but, 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 you know, on and on. So I think you just have to be a risk taker. Mm. I love it. And, yeah. Man. And love what you do. That's the most important thing. Darlene, it has been such a pleasure to get to meet you and to hear your story and just thanks so much for jumping on our little uh, our little podcast here well i'm just, i just love it i feel so honored that you would have me on here because i saw the list of the people you have on this lord lordy mercy i'm getting in with the, <laughs> i'm getting in with the big dogs there <laughs> yeah appreciate we're, we're we're pretty exclusive so, you know, you know. Yeah. appreciate you darling thanks right, for listening thank everybody well, thank you yeah. so much